This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson in for Glenn Beck. Thanks so much for joining me. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and all my best for a prosperous new year. I have some fantastic news for you. I have some amazing news for you. It was this uh, this time of year, I think, I want to say Christmas Eve, when President Obama got the positive vote that he wanted that made Obamacare, that passed it in, in the House. And I remember I had just finished up on Glenn's program. Uh, was this 2009? I think it was 2009. I had filled in, and I got off the air, and I went to Great Lakes Mall in Mentor, Ohio, visiting family in the area. And I remember uh, they were counting it down. They, were, they thought they were going to have the votes and back and forth, and I'd get into the car between shopping adventures and tune in. And I finally got the news, and I remember sitting there so defeated and upset about it. I have fantastic news for you. Today is December 21st, 2016. We are officially one month away, less than one month away from something spectacular that I never thought would get here. A cure for cancer. Well... It's only a month away from yesterday before Obama leaves office. And that means Joe Biden leaves office, too. You know, he's the cancer czar, right? He was charged with the task of curing cancer a year ago. So, folks, we've got a cure for cancer coming within just within a month. I mean, it could be today. But it's finally here. You've waited, and it's almost here. Your patience has paid off. Joe Biden with his beakers and his test tubes getting it all done. Fantastic. Oh, there's also some other good news. Obama's leaving office in less than a month now. Yeah, I just can't believe we're here. I was hoping for that four years, and then, wow, it turned out it was going to be eight years, and we are finally right here. That's a pretty good feeling. That's something to feel pretty good about. All right, we're going to open up the phone lines. The number is 888-727-BECK. That's 888-727-BECK. Let's go to George in Pennsylvania. George, how are you, and thanks for holding. Hey, Doc, I have a question for you. You keep referring every once in a while to Steve Cannon. Are you talking about the Steve Cannon from 830 WCCO in Minneapolis? No, I am not. No, I am not. But I appreciate 
Uh, for those of you that don't know, as I said, I'm on the uh, I host the morning program on Glenn's Radio Network, the Blaze Radio Network, and I sign off every show just saying good night to Steve Cannon. That is another Steve Cannon in broadcasting, but the other Steve Cannon that I'm actually referencing was also in broadcasting. And if you want, I'll I'll give you the the brief version of it. Please, would you like? Okay, here it is. Um, the short version is many years ago when I first started doing talk radio, I had an opportunity to co-host a talk station, uh, a talk show on WTVN in Columbus, Ohio. I worked full-time in Cleveland, but it was a sister station, and they said, hey, you and this partner that I had could come down and audition for a weekend show. And I said, hey, cool. So we'd drive down to Columbus a couple of hours, and we would, we'd auditioned. And on the first program, the very first program, we're like, I don't know, 10 minutes into the broadcast, and a guy calls up, and his name is Steve. And uh, I go, hey, Steve, you're on the air, and we're talking, and he's talking kind of nutty, and I'm not really understanding his point and why he's calling, and I'm looking at the producer through the little glass in the booth, and I'm giving him the, what's going on? And he gives me the, and types on the little screen, the computer screen, where we communicate off air, back and forth. And he says, it's Steve Cannon. And I was like, you got me, I don't know, what do you, who's, I'm, who's that? And he's like, ah, he's a talk show host here. I was like, oh, I didn't know. I was, again, I worked full-time in Cleveland, so I wasn't that familiar with every host on the station, and he worked late nights. And I was like, oh, Steve, okay, so now I'm getting it. Not helping me, still talking nutty. And then he starts talking nuttier and nuttier. And finally, he comes out with something like, I know who you guys are. You're scabs. You're scabs here to take jobs from the people that are already working here. I know you're auditioning. All kinds, I mean, just melting down, like flipping out that we're taking his job. Now, we're taking his job. We're auditioning for some little weekend show or whatever. But it really ticked me off because he started letting the cat out of the bag, trying to make us look bad that we were auditioning and, you know, we didn't have a lot of experience and so on. So I got a little frustrated and then I said, you know what, let's just run with this. So I paused after his rant and I just said, Steve, I'm sorry you found out this way. And he goes, what? (laughs) I go... Sorry you had to find out this way. Um, we've been called in for, for your job, and um, this was our, you know, kind of get acquainted with the station. So I'm sorry. I wish the program director had told you you should probably call him. You know, come on in and clean out your desk. And I just start playing into his paranoia, and he freaks out, right? So we finish the call, and then we spend the rest of the program like two hours just bagging on Steve, just ripping on him, Right. And we get up to the final segment, right? We take our last break. We come back. There's like a minute left. And right up to the last break, we just keep laying it on him, right? I'm telling stories about how he met the Carpenters, who are a brother and sister group from the 70s, and asked them as one of the interview questions how they met. And we told that story. And I told how he looks like Simon Barr Sinister from Underdog, right? I just cleaning his clock. And the final statement, I was like, all right, well, thanks for joining us. We're signing off or whatever. And I just had to get one more dig in, and I was like, so, good night, Steve Cannon. And my partner goes, wherever you are. So well, The funny thing about yeah. that is, you know, for you to even reference Simon Bar Sinister, I have to wonder how many <laughs> listeners even know that that was the arch, enema, arch nemesis of Underdog in the cartoon and That's the Carpenters. Right. When was the last time you heard them referenced except in Christmas time? Yes, some very dated references there, absolutely. Again, this was 20 years ago when this happened, so... We, the program director, shockingly, was not ticked off at us and invited us back. and goes, hey, that was pretty funny because Steve's out of his mind. And I go, did he call you? Oh, yeah, he was calling me and freaking out. 
So he goes, hey, you guys just did a pretty good job. You want to come back? And we're like, okay, sure. So we do the next show, and we wrap it up with <laughs> Night Steve Cannon, wherever you are. And most of my broadcasts since then have ended that way. Not that I hold a grudge or anything like that. You know, nothing like that. So that's the Steve Cannon story. And oh, we cool. actually ended up burying the hatchet over the years when I would fill in and do different shows. And there were a couple of times where I would do the show before him. <laughs> I would have to end with, good night, Steve Cannon, in the next room. Okay, very good. So, yeah, that's basically the story. I'm, I'm kind of a jerk about it. That's, oh, yeah. Hey, it's yeah. cool. It's, it's a great story. And as for the gender fluidity thing, mm-hmm. yeah, I got to throw the flag on that one also. That's bull crap. <laughs> it absolutely is. I'll buy, reluctantly, you're a different gender, but I'm not buying the gender fluid thing. All right, George, thanks so much. Triple eight nine hundred, actually triple eight seven two seven Beck, triple eight seven two seven B E C K. If you want to join the program or at Doc Thompson Show on Twitter, if you would please join us, uh, join me there. If you get a chance, folks, and you want to, um, you want to do some good. You're looking for a place to do some good, especially around the holidays. I mean, this is a time of year when people, unfortunately, we don't do it many times all year round. But you start thinking about. Being a better person, you talk, uh, you know, you hear the songs, goodwill toward men, and you start, hey, maybe I need to do a little bit more. Maybe you're somebody that only goes to church around the major holidays, so you start thinking about helping out your fellow man. If you would, please go to mercuryone.org, mercuryone.org, and donate if you can. Glenn uh, talked recently about going to uh, Haiti and some of the good they down, did down there, and the programs that he works on sometimes when he's helping rescue people, is through Mercury One. So in addition to helping veterans out and their veterans fund, and in addition to helping out in uh, things like uh, natural disasters, they also do stuff like that. So if you're looking for a place to help people, Mercury One can help you help people. If you just go to mercuryone.org, and if you donate to one of the funds, 100% of it goes to whatever that fund is for. Helping getting Christians out of places in the world where they being oppressed, tortured, murdered. They have a fund for that, the Nazarene Fund. If you want to help people in natural disasters in places like West Virginia with the flooding or uh, you know Louisiana, any place like this, the, the fires in, in Tennessee, they have funds for that as well. Just go to mercuryone.org. And if it's only a dollar too, it'll help out very, very much. It's a, it's a charity I believe in. It's one of the few charities I'll actually work with because they are so reputable and the money does go to help people. So, Please, mercuryone.org. Coming up next, something that you probably were not aware of. Something that your children are being exposed to. Maybe your older children were exposed to years ago. That has a subversive message, especially around this time of year. And I'm going to share that with you coming up on the Glenn Beck Program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This, this is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Doc Thompson in for Glenn. I'll be pinch hitting for Pat and Stu immediately following this program, the Blaze TV, and then it'll be, of course, rebroadcast in radio form as well. Pat and Stu later on today, the Blaze Radio Network on Twitter at Doc Thompson Show. Got a story to share with you, something that I didn't realize existed. I have a son who's a little bit older now. He's 14. I have a son who just turned two. And Cal, you have a daughter who just turned two. Yep. So I, I need to warn you about something that I just found out about myself. I didn't realize it. But apparently, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the, you know, the television program, the, the special, is um, full of gay propaganda. Say what now? It's full of gay propaganda. I didn't realize it, but a guy who uh, wrote a column, his name is Brian Moylan from Vulture, whatever that is, has uh, an article called The Gay Subtext of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And apparently there's a lot of gay subtext. If you'd like, I will share some of it with you so you can be informed. Please, please do. He writes, uh, Rudolph is totally, absolutely, 100% Neil Patrick Harris, French kissing Ricky Martin gay. That's pretty gay. That's uh, pretty high in the gay uh, the gaydar. Especially for a reindeer. Mm-hmm. He said, anyone who even knows what queer theory is can tell you that the subtext of the narrative seems to be a pre-Stonewall contemplation of the power of coming out and embracing sexual minorities in a society at large. He uh, goes through the film step by step, a little special there, and gives some examples. He says, for example, the film starts off at the North Pole, where traditional gender roles are quickly reinforced. Well, you got Mrs. Claus there. She's uh, doing the cooking. She's nagging the husband about uh, not eating enough. Nobody wants a uh, skinny Santa Claus. Traditional gender roles, Cal, right there. Do you dispute that? I guess I never read so that deep into it, but okay. Okay, see, so you're not disputing it. She, he then writes, the elves, identical in shape and apparel, are at work on Santa's toys. The boys wearing blue, the girls wearing pink. Rudolph is born to Donner, who immediately hates his son's red nose and thinks that something so different will keep him from leading a heterosexual lifestyle where he pulls Santa's sleigh and marries a nice doe someday. I don't see where the uh, sexuality in- comes into question. I know that he's worried about Rudolph's nose, but... He's trying to hide his nose. Don't you get the red nose is symbolic of his, of his uh, homotype sexuality. It's, a, it's <laughs> symbolism, Cal. So you're disputing that? I am disputing that one. I think it's a little far-fetched. So you see what happened. Your daughter is going to be exposed to this because you're unwilling to see what this guy is laying out. Something it's not about really gender clear. or sexual. It's about accepting people with flaws. It's about accepting people that aren't the same as that you. Gay. That are gay. Why does it have to be gay? I guess you could put gay about. in there, but it's just about accepting people that maybe don't look the same, don't act the same. Here's how we know it's about gay. That's the whole Rudolph story. This is, this is how you know it's about the gay and catching the gay, okay? Oh, you can catch the gay? 
Apparently, I think he can. A few more tests. He says, apparently, Rudolph heads to the wilderness to live alone. Remember when they won't let him play the reindeer games? He goes to the wilderness, lives alone. But he meets a colorful little elf who is the only elf with hair. And what does his hair look like, Cal? It's a flamboyant blonde wave. He's the only one that has hair, and it's fabulous. He's an elf. They're all flamboyant. This one's even more flamboyant. Don't you want... No, because the older... The, his boss is like, Herbie wants to be a dentist. He's not... He's masculine. He's butch. But right? they're all elves. I mean, you can question even their their, their attire. It's, it's very, you know, uh, happy and, and He has, as the author nature. points out, especially red lips, a, f- a feminine-shaped face, and eyelashes that any doll in Santa's workshop would be jealous of. He speaks with a Paul Lind cadence. Remember Paul Lind from Hollywood Squares? He was Samantha's uncle on Bewitched, Paul Lind. I remember. Yeah. Paul, what song is played when the president enters the room? Peter, send in the clowns. Paul Lind, that's how he talked. Which also shows this author is really old, too, by the way. He uh, says he's... Uh, he also signals as uh, different by his professional aspirations. He wants to be a dentist, of course, rather than to be a toy maker. Nonconformity. He said, unlike Rudolph, though, Hermie refuses to live in the closet, Cal. So he leaves Santa's workshop and heads to the wilderness himself to open up his own dental practice. <laughs> See what's going on. They're both the homotype sexuals. Hermie refuses to be in the closet. Rudolph's in the closet. I think he uh, said, pulling at strings here. Well, it's not over. He said they encountered the lumber sexual Yukon Cornelius. Do you remember he throws lumber the pickup in here? What does that mean? What, what lumber sexual? Yeah, yeah, what is lumber sexual? Do you remember the uh, the guy healthcare.org in the pajamas, the uh, plaid pajamas with the cup of coffee? I think so. Do you the hot cha- I think that's a lumber sexual. I think. I'm not sure. So you have to wear plaid pajamas to be a lumber sexual? Yukon Cornelius was one. That's all I know, according to him. He said he's an older, uh, hirsute gay man, meaning Harry, who embraces an over-the-top masculinity despite being gay. So the others are effeminate, so you know they're gay. He's too masculine, so you know he's gay. Now what do you say? Now I'm just confused. Okay. He said the three venture off to the island of misfit toys where all the people, all the toys there are different, and they can flourish because of their differences. They're all accepting. It's Gay Island. <laughs> gay Island. That's essentially what it is. They're all they're all freaks. They're misfits. Right? Is that like a gay version of Survivor? It's like a it kind of it's kind of like a gay bathhouse in the seventies in New York, something like that. They all flourish while they're there outside. They got to kind of keep it in the closet, you know. He then says Rudolph, Hermie, and Cornelia sleep in a pink room with pink sheets and blankets, coated traditionally female. He said, this is the gay community that all of these men find after leaving the closet behind. They're all together in bed. This is the family of their own making that they devised because their own biological families have rejected them. Now, what do you say about it? This is ridiculous. It's not over. It's Rudolph. He he said, shortly after arriving on the island, Rudolph, Rudolph takes off because he's still afraid that his very obvious red nose will bring wrath from the abominable snow monster who is... A fanged embodiment of violent homophobia. Bumbles bounce. And are a fanged embodiment of violent homophobia. If I'm sure when you've thought of homophobia over the years, in your mind you conjure up that image of the abominable, right? Uh, no, no, no. The homophobia does not conjure the image of an abominable snowman to me. Well, that's because you're not gay and you don't have to suffer what these people suffer through. 
He said it shows Rudolph is promiscuous because he heads out. Oh, come on now. He said, and engaging in short, uh, the sort of short-term relationships that gay men were expected to have at that time. That's the reason he leaves, to, to do the hookup culture, right? Hermie no. wants a lifelong relationship. Rudolph's just the hookup culture that they expected gay men to have back in the day. And he says, but because this is the early 60s, the film subtext must be below the surface. They couldn't make it too obvious. He said, Rudolph can't be entirely gay. He said, once uh, he proves his ma- that he's macho enough to pull the sleigh, he's given a suitable reward, a woman to marry and breed with under the auspice of, of uh, matrimony. Oh, so just you remember Cla- Right. You remember Clarice? She thinks I'm cute. She thinks I'm cute, right? That was all a front. Clarice is a beard, Cal. She's a beard for him. This guy's got way too much time on his hands. So you're not buying it after I've shared the entire no. thing with you? No, I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. Rudolph is you dispute gay. that Fred it Flintstone's about, not gay? Who? Fred Flintstone. How could you get more macho than Fred Flintstone? Really? Gay? Okay, Cal, your unwillingness to see this stuff. I'm sorry. That's on you. I'm trying to help you out. I weep for your daughter's future where she's going to be subjected to stuff like this and may turn gay because of it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. That's a better picture of me they just put up. Uh, they put that one on the website there. And I was complaining earlier about the picture. If you go to the website and you want to find out more about me, it's theblaze.com. Just click on channels and you'll you'll get on and see it. It's, it's a horrible picture, but they just found a much better one. I know you're not working with a lot here, but try to find the best one at least. So find out more about me and please follow me at the new Blaze channels where we got some really big things coming up after the first of the year. Uh, some ways that I'm going to help you and your small businesses. In fact, I did right after Christmas, the day, or the day after Thanksgiving, rather. Uh, and I'm going to continue to promote small businesses. So if you need help, you want some free ads, some free publicity, and some things that's going to help build America, just go to theblaze.com, click on channels, and follow my page, please. Do you have someone special on your gift list? No, we mean special. Someone who hasn't shut up since the election. A special gentle soul who needs a participation trophy to feel wanted and appreciated in a seemingly unjust world. Then do we have the gift for them. Put away your microaggressions, Pablo, because we're bringing the country together. DNCTrophy.com. DNCTrophy.com. Is the perfect place for your perfect little snowflake who's emotionally distressed over the election. Oh, the humanity. Even when they lose, they can still get a trophy. Afraid mean old Republicans might make them get a J-O-B? Get them a DNC trophy. Do they need a safe space? Send them a DNC trophy. Are they still watching CNN? They need a trophy. And you can send it to any liberal you like. Schumer, Pelosi, Warren, doesn't matter. A beautiful trophy that says, You participated in the election, and although you didn't win, participation is all that matters. You're still a winner in our hearts. Yes, a DNC trophy will make your liberal friends feel better instantly. 
you can buy one or 100 because this is America. And we can do that again. Making America great. One trophy at a time. Mm-hmm. DNC Trophy. Get your Buttercup one today at dnctrophy.com. dnctrophy.com. Okay, that's a lot of fun, um, but we're really trying to do some good here. So if you go to dnctrophy.com, you'll have the opportunity to to do something nice for somebody. Well, there are a lot of people that are still upset about the election. I mean, still got people on college campuses with safe spaces, people as they head home for the holidays saying they can't even sit at the dinner table with their parents because they feel so bad about the Trump election. They can't do it. These little snowflakes are so upset. And I figure what better way to help them out and make them feel better as the participation trophy generation than to give them a participation trophy for the 2016 election. So this is your opportunity to give somebody you know that's a little snowflake that feels so horrible something that is going to make them feel better. And that's a participation trophy. Trophy, Sure, you lost. But no, no, you didn't. If you had fun, you won. Here's your participation trophy. The trophy is at dnctrophy.com. 11 bucks. That's it. You can send one to anybody you know. You can buy one and then give it to them if you like. And this is something that they'll see and they'll say, you know what? I thought we were keeping score, but apparently we weren't because I have this beautiful little trophy that I participated in the election. I thought I lost because Hillary didn't get elected. And where was Bernie? He didn't get it either. No, no. You participated in the election, so you should feel good about yourself. It has a beautiful little snowflake at the top. You can see the picture just by going to dnctrophy.com. We're also going to send a whole bunch of them to members of the DNC. Uh, Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. If you want to order one to send to them, we'll go ahead and send one out to them as well. We want to send them out just before the inauguration because a little less than one month from today, one month from yesterday, they're going to have a really, really bad day. When they're at the Capitol and Trump steps up and gets sworn in, they may completely melt down. These little individual perfect little snowflakes who got participation trophies for doing nothing may cease to exist. And I think this may embolden them and brighten their day a little bit to say, hey, Yeah, Trump got elected, but you participated in the election. And the same thing with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. It's going to be very bad for them. And I know you're a very caring person and want to do what's right and bring America together. So send them a participation trophy. If you had fun, you won. Just go to dnctrophy.com. And so imagine Chuck Schumer, right before the inauguration, opens up the big box of not just one, but participation trophies from all across America. Imagine if he got like 30 of them. Chuck, you tried so hard to get Hillary elected, but you participated. Here's 100 participation trophies. And Nancy Pelosi, too. You participated, Nancy. Debbie Wasserdam Schultz, you participated, too. Now, if you send one to them, as designated by the website, we can ship those off in bulk, and there's no shipping fee. So you get free shipping on that. If you want to send one to any of the designated people, the head of the DNC, just go ahead and uh, click on it, and we'll send one off. It's only 11 bucks. You do have to pay some shipping if you want one yourself. And depending on where you live in America, it's a little heavier, so it could be a little bit more. But it's not going to be crazy expensive. Usually come in around 20 bucks or so total with shipping. So what a great little thing you can do for somebody. Cal, isn't that nice? Giving people participation trophies 
something. I think we've been doing it wrong all this time. We've been battling instead of saying, no, no, you're okay. Here's your trophy. This way no one's left out. Everybody feels like they're a part of something. Right. That's uniting America. You got the people that supported Trump and you say, hey, I supported Trump. Great. I'm, I'm victorious today. And the rest of the people that didn't, you say, hey, I participated. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave one on Glenn's desk because he participated in the 2016 election. No, he didn't support Trump. And I didn't support Trump either. I mean, like some of his ideas. And I understand why the people did support him. But I, too, participated. Now, I'm not part of the participation trophy generation, and I'm okay with the election. It's certainly better than Obama and way better than Hillary Clinton, so I'm okay. And I think Glenn's come to terms with it, but just in case, I'm going to go ahead and leave one for him. Isn't that nice of me? Very nice. Very thoughtful. So I'm going to tweet out a link to it. You might get some misunderstanding there. What do you you mean? What do you mean? How would I get a misunderstanding? What way? You know, he might think that you're possibly being, I don't know, a bit... Oh... You, know. you think he thinks I'll, that I'm that I'm kind of not being genuine in this? Yes, yes, yes. That's Giving him the thinking. business a little bit? Oh, just no. a little bit. I've got an idea. I will give it to him anonymously. How about that? <laughs> that doesn't help. You're just trying to avoid your own backlash. There. <laughs> okay, how about this? I leave one with Tommy. And then I say, hey, can you give this to Glenn? How about that? <laughs> well, then you're just passing off the blame to someone else. Okay, well, there it is. Okay, I have to encourage Tommy to do that. That would be pretty damn funny, I think. I think so. I think that would be a a story. (laughs) A story. Okay, a story. Yeah. I think it would likely probably be some sort of story as well. Maybe not the story I want. But nevertheless, imagine your family members uh, getting that participation trophy. Now, these likely are not in time for Christmas. Christmas is Saturday, not going to be in time. But they will be in time for the inauguration, which is what we're really going for here. Um, especially on Inauguration Day, you can have that trophy as the little snowflake is melting down. And you hand it to, oh, see, honey, look, you participated. You should feel okay. Ship one to their dorm room. Maybe send one to their, uh, their dean. That would be good. DNCTrophy.com. I just tweeted out a link to it, which is one of the things I learned today. On Twitter, it's at Doc Thompson Show. Please follow me. Uh, let's see what we got here. Lisa uh, tweeting, at Doc Thompson Show, that dude is an idiot. That's like people who say Bugs Bunny is a violent cartoon. No, Lisa, I know what you're saying. She's mentioning the Rudolph being gay thing. No, no. Bugs Bunny is not a violent cartoon, but he is a homotype sexual. You know that, Cal, right? You're with me on that one. Now you think Bugs Bunny is gay? Cal, how many times did he have to dress up as the girl bunny? He's he did at least that bisexual. to fool people. He did it to fool them. How many times have you fooled people or tried to fool them by dressing up as a female? Well, Bugs would usually do this, you know, to pull one over on um, Cal, you know, Sammy Cal. Sam or, uh, or, or Elmer Fudd. Elmer, right. How many times did he kiss them? Again, it was just kind of one to pull one over. He wasn't gay. He, Bugs Bunny was not gay. No, he was bisexual because he also had the little girl rabbits, too, like the girl rabbit in that. So clearly bisexual. I'm fine with that. I mean, but let's call a spade a spade. Let's, you know, admit what it is. I mean, you know. So what you're saying is if I were to dress up as a female and go around kissing on the lips my coworkers, unprovoked today, just big <laughs> Bugs Bunny style kiss, they wouldn't think I was gay. You're going to get a lot more than just thinking you're gay. You're going to. 
You're, like, you're liable to get hurt there, but um, you're not a cartoon. When Pat comes back, when Pat comes back, I'm going to save it for him and see what he says. Can you videotape this? <laughs> I would like to see that reaction. Uh, by the way, I think we may have crashed the website, DNC Trophies, but stay with it. It'll come back up. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, um, I, I suppose we could probably videotape that. I mean, I, I couldn't do it to Stu, though, because he's a vegetarian, and I don't want any of the veggie. That's, that's just too close for me. Um, and yes, uh, Fred Flintstone, gay, clearly. Where are you getting all this? He hung out at that gay club, the Water Buffalo Club. That wasn't a gay club. That wasn't a gay club? Of course it was. No, it was that like was a- your local kind of like VFW kind of thing. Okay. Hung out with Barney. They were pretty close. What did he wear? He wore a dress with triangles on it. I don't know what triangles has to do with anything, but it wasn't a dress. That was caveman, was a gay uh, caveman garb. A- they all that's wore a- that like big flowy muumuu type thing. Okay, but it had triangles. What's with the triangles? That's is, a gay symbol. A no, it's not. Since when is a triangle a gay symbol? That's a gay symbol. People will know. I mean, look at, do you remember, what was the, uh, the Teletubby that Jerry Falwell told us was gay because he had the triangle shape on the top a few years ago, right? Because that's right, a gay symbol. This is news symbol. to me that shapes indicate uh, sexuality. Are you going to debate me on Snagglepuss? Remember the pink lion? Okay, I might not debate you on Snaggle. Okay, there it is. So you're with me on that one. He was in theater, thin, neat, right? Exit stage left even. And so there are some. You just refuse to accept Rudolph. Got it. Rudolph, Fred, any of these. Okay, here we go. Uh, James in Louisiana tweet Nat Doc Thompson show. Considering Cornelius, meaning Yukon Cornelius, love of silver and gold, I think he's more mineral sexual than lumber sexual. Okay, I'll give you that. You just say greedy. How about that? Uh, Troll79, hashtag what I learned today at Doc Thompson Show. How much more masculine can you get ripping teeth out of uh, people's heads? My dentist was really gay. Okay, does he mean, I guess he thinks he means the, no, no, Hermie. Hermie, the the elf ripping the teeth out of the Bumble's mouth. Oh, okay. I don't know if that is or not. They did battle the Bumble, so... Okay, I noticed nobody around here disputed Hermie, though. He's likely gay, right? The little elf? You're with me on that one. No. Cal, I mean. No. No. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong. Hermie can be gay. I think we all accept that. Why can't that. we just watch cartoons? Why do we have to? Who cares? Because it's insidious, Cal. No, we... Targeting your kids with this insidious message of homotype sexuality. It's going to turn them gay. I'm telling you. <laughs> It's ridiculous. This is so. I don't even. Why this is? I can't believe we we're having this conversation. Look, this is the type of stuff that, unfortunately, we hear at times from people on the right. Way too much time on the right. Conservatives, you know, very religious conservatives. Yes, of course, there's propaganda out there. There's fake news. We talked all about that. Yes, that exists at times. And you teach your kids right and wrong, burying their head in the sand, or pointing at everything as gay, like your your grandfather, or your old elderly uncle. That he's gay. I could tell. Spotting everyone who's gay. It's, it's, in, it's stupid. It's silly. And often inaccurate. So just move on. Live and let live. I mean, you don't have to accept the lifestyle. You don't have to accept it and say it's not wrong or embrace it or whatever. But it is no greater sin than your sins. It is simply sin if you believe it is a sin. And you can accept people and still uh, support their rights to make choices in their life. I understand people pushing a gay agenda or trying for you to make a gay wedding cake or something. And I absolutely say you should not have to do those things. But that's based on your personal freedoms for your religion. Or you just saying 
I don't like gay people or whatever. And gay people, I support your race. I don't like straight people. That's all fine. Uh, Lynn Newsom at Doc Thompson Show. Only female reindeer retain their antlers over the winter. Most male reindeer drop their antler before winter. Does that have anything to do? Do you remember how they were? Were they antlered or not in the cartoon? They all had the little stubs, didn't they? Is that what it was? I'm talking antlers. Okay, well, maybe that'll help us figure it out. Quick break, and we'll wrap things up on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Christmas and happy holidays. It's Doc Thompson in for Glenn Beck today. Thank you so much for joining me. A quick programming note for you. I'll be back tomorrow as well and then Friday in the program as we head into the Christmas weekend. Um, I'm really hoping that in the coming year we've got some really good things coming. I know we do here at The Blaze, but I continue to engage people on social media about some of the divide and it's, I guess, not so shocking, but that, that we have been so separated When I look back, I understand how it happened and why it happened, but I'm hoping we can truly give each other the benefit of the doubt, even those of us that have stood together over the last eight years or 16 years against progressive ideology, give each other the benefit of the doubt and say, even though we we took a different path, we're trying to get to the same place, even when we have failed. That's my hope. More coming up tomorrow. Don't forget dnctrophy.com if you get a chance. I'm Pat and Stu, next. This is... The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.